the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. Good afternoon, everybody. How you doing there? It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK News Radio. We made it to another beautiful Sunday afternoon, and there's going to be a lot of happy people in the studio drinking some great craft beer today. And Backyard Billy made it back from Bloomsburg, Derek. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, somebody, I made it. He somebody, his way back. How much money did you make at the truck stop out there? <laughs> uh, Was it worth it? Always. Awesome. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, I'm glad they dropped you off here. Well, yeah, you he's got to have some destination. Well, that was, you know that was last week. That wasn't this week. No, that was last week, man. Yeah. I don't even know what day is what <laughs> Freddie's anymore. living in the past, man. <laughs> I'm living in the past. I got intervals. My days go in interval, nap intervals. So I don't even know. I took me about two hours to realize that it was Sunday. Um, guys would have been here with Donnelly. Donnelly would have been running the show today. Nothing. Oh, I was waiting for her to jump in. She's looking for birds. That would be a great show. She's you know looking it. for that bird nest. There was a bird's nest in the production office. Been trying to locate it. Derek, what do we got here in the right. beautiful beer news? Well, this week, we're going to be uh, talking. We're doing Founders Brewing Company. If you awesome. uh, haven't seen that, we're going to be talking to co-founder Dave Engbers later on coming up and really dive into this brewery that really doesn't need any introduction by any of us here because they are extremely well known. So let's dive right into the beer news as we're sipping on some all-day IPA, a good session IPA here. Yeah. So, this week, I don't know if you've seen this, it's been kind of making the rounds online, but uh, good old Snoop-a-loop is, uh, Snoop. Snoop is suing Paps. Uh, what's going on is Snoop was paid $250,000 plus $20,000 for every 10th mention of uh, a new beer that was called, well, I don't know how new it was, this is 2011 he signed the deal, it was Blast by Cult 45, uh, which, <laughs> which is a, a fruit-flavored Cult 45, so uh, I... Uh, can't speak to the magic that's well, who's that counting beer. like how does that work like who counts uh i don't know like Snoop, you probably. know every 10th every 10th mention but like is there someone like walking around with the like a, when i saw you know, that is the weirdest a, a tally yeah i don't know that is the weirdest clause i've, I've ever seen like every 10th mention on social media or in concert whatever but uh what what is suing over is he's saying that the agreement was also made that he would receive 10 percent of all the profit if the brewery was sold uh, well, Cold 45 specifically, it was sold before January of 2016. A really weird back-end deal to throw into something like that. Uh, well, Paps was sold for $700 million, but what the issue is where the rub comes in is it wasn't specified how much of that was Colt 45-related and how much of it was the brewery overall. So now his lawyer is involved, and they're going after his 10%. $70 million. Yeah, can you imagine that getting $70 million bucks? Just because he happened to be blessed, yeah, and he's mentioning a, a beer that like I never heard of before this article <laughs> came out, so I don't know. Maybe it's just not in in my uh, field, we'll say. But uh, all right, next thing coming up. Now a lot of us know of the Scottish brewery Brewdog. Well, they made an announcement this week that they are going to be opening a brewery in the U.S. Uh, they have scout a location in Columbus, Ohio. So now they are uh, really brewing all these crazy beers. If you've ever seen their TV shows, you guys ever watch the brew yeah dogs? the brew dogs? Yeah, yeah they they're kind of. A lot of people, uh, well, let's say mock them because of the ridiculous things, the lengths that they go to for some of their beers. But, you know, whatever you want to say, they're really kind of pushing craft beer into the mainstream and getting the, the word out there on a lot of things. But they are going to be building a 100,000-square-foot brewery with a 100-barrel brew house right off the bat. Uh, they don't have an opening date yet, but they've just now announced, I think, 42 acres in Columbus, Ohio, wow. that they're setting it up at. So wow. be interesting to see where they're going with I this one. I remember the one episode, they were, they were literally, like, boiling water in a, an apartment building or brewing a beer in an apartment building in New York City. So yeah. they were piping piping it down piping it down through all the apartments like hot scolding. I thought you were going like, to say the one we, they did underwater. That was like, the Brooklyn episode. The I Brooklyn, was, yeah. yeah. That was like what happens if like you know a, a you know a, a you know, the hose goes rogue and, like, scolds, like, <laughs> passerbys down on the street. Like, they just get deported. That's all. <laughs> well, they come down with their Scottish accents, like, oh, oh, you guys are so adorable. Yeah, What's all right? I wish I had a Scottish accent. I'm, I'm curious to see if their, because um, their beers are a little bit pricey. I'm curious yeah. to see if their price point changes we'll once that bit. opens. Yeah, that's I the, doubt it. Because that's, well, that's the other issue a lot of people don't think of. It. In the U.K., uh, the taxing is different, and it's a lot higher for a lot of these breweries. So that's the issue they're up against with that. So we'll see. And, like, a lot of their beers also 
that don't even come over here. They're they're real high octane ones. We rarely get to see over here. So we'll see what ones they start you know getting out. Maybe we'll be able to see a lot more of their beers and, available. And the cool part is, uh, they and I think they did like a sort of like Kickstarter thing for funding for the brewery where yeah. you could actually like put money into it and, and get, get some stuff out of it. And yeah, yeah, and get a bunch of cool stuff. So we'll see how the brewery goes. I mean, they haven't given an opening date, but hopefully we'll hear something soon and see where that one goes. But that's starting pretty big right off the bat. Yeah, hundred barrels. Yeah, hundred thousand square foot. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's that's what when we had Sully on for Twenty First Amendment. So that's what they're going for, and they've been going for you know ten years as a yeah. as a you know, brewing else, elsewhere. And now they're going to be getting their own place. So they're really going big coming into the U.S. So, uh, all right, new beers this week. So Anchor Brewing Company, another brewery that really no, needs no introduction, they do uh, a Zymaster series. It's kind of a limited release beers that they do. Uh, they have some really cool ones they've done. The last one they did was a sour IPA. Uh, the one coming up now is. Luxerado Cherry Ale. So they're going to be doing some really neat stuff with the cherries, and they're letting it ferment in there and have this kind of tartness. It'd be interesting to see how it is, but like I said, they're really limited. They're kind of hard to come by. Uh, we don't really get to see too many of the Zymaster in our immediate area, but they are out there. Uh, Terrapin just announced they do their side project beers every once in a while. They come out with these really unique, different ones. The new one they're coming out with is their Liquid Lunch Peanut Butter and Jelly Porter. Oh, wow. And that's going to be hitting shelves. Probably within the next month, you're going to start seeing that one come out. So, and Terrapin really, I, I love that brewery, and they, they really like to push the things, and their peanut butter stuff's been really good when they come yeah, out Yeah, like one. liquid lunch. You, yeah. see, you know, get some Yingling sandwiches. <laughs> so <we'll see>. or, <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, Boulevard Brewing Company. They have their Imperial Stout X, uh, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal Imperial Stout, and they like to come out with uh, different variations on. The new one that's just coming out now is the Imperial Stout X Aztec Chocolate. Ooh, so that'll wow. be an interesting one. That that's just coming out to the shelves now. So yeah, I just had the uh, the Imperial X coffee. Yeah, I have a, a bottle in the basement. I haven't cracked that open. It was anyway. probably the most coffee forward beer I yeah. ever had, and that's not a bad thing. No, no it's definitely good. not. And then they're brewery, like we've had them on here before, and they they know what they're doing with a lot of stuff. And we're gonna start to see them a lot more as this uh, merger really starts to come in. They get into the Duval. Uh, marketing and distribution line and start coming out there more because right now they're still you know it's still building towards that so we haven't seen them everywhere yet but that'll get there and uh, speaking of getting there we have some all day IPA in our glass from Founders which well mine's empty now <laughs> yeah I was gonna say before we even signed off Ed's glass was empty before oh. I even got done and threw it over to you Ed's glass was empty so all, all five minute IPA see what your dad does on a Sunday here Zach this is what your dad does on a Sunday here. <laughs> Thanks for your contribution, Ed. Let's just let your boys see that, too. Well, we've, we've talked about the uh, the session IPAs on here uh, plenty of times. Uh, you know, it's that low ABV, and the IPA style is one that a lot of people really gravitate towards. This is 4.7%, uh, so really easy drinking. And this also comes in cans, too, which is great. It you know, makes it a really great summer beer. Um, but it's nice. It's just it's not unbalanced. It's definitely got some really nice balance. You get some citrus and some pine. You get a wide variation on like a lot of different hop aromas and flavors coming through so it's not a, a one-dimensional because some of these you know you could see we've had on here before they tend to be a little more one-dimensional because they're trying to keep it balanced which gets to be difficult when you're doing a lighter beer like this the you know keeping that malt and hop in check and it's really nice in this one to have that and just really super easy drinking 4.7 this is one definitely one of my top three session IPAs. Yeah, this is a crowd favorite at the yeah. house. Yeah, this is one, and this is when you see a lot of, I mean, you know, anything on social media, this is the, the one I see, you know, dominantly with the session IPA love that's going on right now from a lot of these different breweries that are coming out with them. And there's been numerous ones that we have seen come online. But it's just that this is one of my favorites, and, you know, I, I just love that it is widely available in our area. And I don't know how much Founders is distributed. We'll get into that when we talk to Dave. Um, but it's, it's widely available in our area. And since it came out, I mean, that's one I have seen. As soon as that came out, people really, it shot up the the rankings for a lot of people in the, in the area. But big yeah, fan. Yeah, it's a super nice beer, super crushable. Um, you can drink it all day. I mean, exactly yeah. what the name says. You know, I had these at a barbecue I threw last week and just throwing them down like nothing. Yeah, this is, this is a great one to have, you know, when you're having those get-togethers and you're a craft beer guy instead of having your mass-marketed beers it's nice to have a real low abv but flavorful beer and this is a great one to keep stocked well, up we, we brought some of these down with us uh bloomsburg last weekend it, 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 and it was funny we were with guys <laughs> that did not you know they're not in the craft beer world and taking the time to explain yes this is just about as strong as miller light and they're like <laughs> 
Well, it's, it's but there's a, flavor. It's a, but there's flavor. Yeah, I, I mean, there's obvious disconnect with with sometimes with people that way. Like they think that anything craft is going to be really strong and really dark. Yeah, you know. So. And that's the thing with this one is that it has a ton of flavor, but at the same time, you can drink it not just from like an alcohol standpoint, but you know, what, whatever palate fatigue. You, you're yeah. never going to have that. Yeah, yeah. And it's not thing. it's not overly thin either, which is another problem with a lot of session IPAs. Is they they I mean just by the nature of the beast of what they're trying to do, they kind of come across as very thin and watery. Some, let's put it this way, some come across as hop water. Hop water, yeah. And yeah. then and that's what's nice is when you get one, you still you do taste the malts. Like, they are there, and you can taste it. There is somewhat of a body there. It's not overly thin, and having that fall right in that dimension of 4.7 is just the perfect markation for everything. Because we've had some on here before, and we had Ballast Point on here uh, whenever it was, a couple weeks ago, and they, they have even keel. Their session IPA is 3.8%. So, I mean, you have some that are really getting down there and starting to, to lower it off, and, and that, that gets more and more difficult. The lower you go down the ABV, with these, the more difficult it is for the brewer to pull that off because you don't have as much to hide behind and you can become unbalanced very, very quickly. And then it becomes a beer that not a lot of people are going to be too happy about. And we've seen that out there. Some of the breweries that have come out with session IPAs. Number one complaint that I see all the time is it's not balanced and it just comes across as hoppy water because the malts just aren't there and just hops dominating throughout. And some, that's what they're going for. I mean, that, that's some of the breweries that come out with them. They just want it to be, you know, hop to hell, and that's what they're doing, just throwing that in there. But there's all these other things that can go on within the beer, and it's just nice when you get one that's perfectly balanced because then it makes you understand. You have, a, you have a judging point now for the rest, and that's the difficult thing is if you've only had these hop water session IPAs, then you don't really know what it can be, and you just pretty much assume that that's what that is. So, But there's a lot within that one. But let's crack open. Another IPA from them, a super fresh IPA. Would you say this is like brewed, f- or this was uh, bottled? Yeah, what, this, five, is, this is five their days centennial. Ago, this was actually bottled on the fifth of oh. June. Oh yeah. So this is a super fresh, and centennial is a bigger IPA. This is seven point two percent, but uh, there's a there's. It's just super fresh within this. And this is the nice thing with doing this is we can get stuff that's just really fresh, really right there, and all these different aromas and flavors going on. That's a mighty dainty sipping cup you got there, buddy. Yeah, I figure, you know what? I have a little demarcation on uh, how much I'm getting now. <laughs> nice. And just like how many pinky. Well, the, yeah, the pinky definitely <laughs> flies up in the air when you. This is when you start, we need to start getting a uh, camera in here. So we can... I think we should also introduce. Oh, so yeah. yeah. We have, you know. Derek. We just jumped right into it. <laughs> Well, we have Matt join us this week. You might know Matt from Massive Beers. Yay. So we have uh, He's a great, great follow on Instagram, and you definitely should sc- subscribe to his YouTube channel. Cool. Like, if you want to check out a lot of cool, massive beers. <laughs> I do Matt small be- stuff, too. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me come down. It was a good time. Awesome. Drinking beer on a Sunday afternoon. Can't beat that, huh? Nope. You guys are all enjoying. That's what it's all about. Yeah, this you guys is, are uh, diehard. This is... This is good. Yeah, this is like, it, it's so nice with this because when you get a fresh IPA, like that's what a lot of them say. Like, you know, we've said it on here numerous times, don't age an IPA. Like, you want to have that fresh. And when you get a real fresh one, like something like this, it, it's just, you, you immediately don't, it, when you buy an IPA at the store, just drink it. Like, you want to have it as fresh as you can. If you have it an hour earlier than you would have, whatever, just get it as fresh as you can because that's what the brewer wants. They want you to have it as soon as that's done. And you have this centennial and it's a way that probably none of us have experienced before because we've all had because usually you know it has to work through lines it's, it's no fault of the brewery or anything like that it has to work through the distribution lines so it's got to leave the brewery got to go to the distributor got to go from the distributor to the store got to go to the store from the back room get onto the shelf and that in and of itself could take three four weeks from the time it leaves the brewery so you're not able to get it super fresh unless you're getting it direct from the brewery so it's really nice to have that, like, really super fresh like this. I remember when Chill Wave came out this spring, uh, we, you know, we had it probably within two, two and a half weeks of the, the Born On date uh, at the bar, and that was remarkable. I mean, I, I, I think just the timeline for that was uh, was uh, fantastic. But but nine days, unheard yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. it's just to have it that fresh. Like, now you know what this beer should be, and you get all those wonderful, like, floral aromatics and everything, but it's, it's nicely balanced. It doesn't have a strong bitterness. The, the malt's there. The hops are definitely there. It's just a phenomenal IPA with a stellar reputation. It's easy to see why. Outstanding. We have a few more beers to drink and an interview coming up. Dirty Derek. Yes, It's going to be fun. We have a room full of professionals and guys that love drinking beer. And you're listening to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on WILK News Radio. Built for business. Your business depends on the Internet, but who does your Internet depend on? 
Your human resources director slash marketing manager slash IT person slash aren't you busy enough already? Well, there's a more dependable way to depend on your internet. Comcast Business has vetted and trained more than 1,700 dedicated business specialists to keep your business up and running 24-7, 365. Business specialists specializing in your business slash internet slash Wi-Fi slash success slash you. And if you switch to Comcast Business Internet today, they're giving you a 30-day money-back guarantee with speeds up to 150 megabits per second and better value. It's a pretty smart call. Speaking of calling, here's the number. 800-501-6000. That's 800-501-6000. Or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. I know what you're thinking. I'm sitting in a bar. I'm all alone. Yeah, and okay, I'm a dog and I'm only three. But you know what? That's not all that important. I'll show you what is. Hey, Rocco. Yes, Bruno. Don't give me the usual. I want to try something new. Try the Sansalone Lager. It's delicious. <laughs> That's good. Next time you're out, don't order the same old beer. Break the habit. Try Anzalone Special Beer. Change your habits. Change your world. Anzalone Special Beer. If you or someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, this could be the most important message of your life. Write down this number or store it in your cell phone. But call 1-800-509-9233. That's 1-800-509-9233. By calling the treatment helpline for drug and alcohol addiction, you can turn your life around. This call is completely confidential. And if you have private insurance, there should be no cost to you. Our advisors will match you with a proven five-star luxury treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all. Your future can still be bright. Let us help you it's too late. This call is completely confidential. And if you have private insurance, there should be no cost to you. Take five minutes of your time and call right now. It may change your life for the better. Call 1-800-509-9233. That's 1-800-509-9233. 1-800-509-9233. Back with some anthrax. Oh. Anthrax and Public Enemy, if I'm not mistaken. No, yes. I don't know if no, they did. No, no, they no. didn't do I'm the Man. Oh, Beastie oh, Boys. That's no, no, they did um, Bring the Noise with uh, oh, Anthrax. Oh, yeah. Bring the Noise. That's that was pretty oh, cool. Wait, no, I know him. Okay, never mind. With Public right. Enemy. Yeah. And um, we have All beer right, to drink. Yeah, we do. And we have a, a very we wonderful are. gentleman that we got to speak to now. And I'd like to welcome to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour at this moment in time, this is Mr. Dave Engbers. And Derek. Hey, guys. How are you? What's up, man? How you doing today, David? I am fantastic. Thank you for joining us on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Dave. We, we are already cracking open some of these. We've had some all day and some Centennial, so we'll, we'll get into some of the beers in a little bit. But I kind of want to take a step back first, everything with you. Like, what really, you know, the brewery opened in the, the mid-90s, but what sparked your interest into getting into home brewing to get this going? Uh, you know, my, my interest was um, fairly selfish, I guess, like most people. <laughs> I mean, I started drinking beer at a fairly early age, and um, my, my oldest brother introduced me to craft beer, at uh, at 17 or so, you know, I started stealing beers off my <laughs> my dad's back porch when I was probably 15 or 16. <laughs> and um, I went out to visit my brother in California, and he introduced me to uh, my first craft beer. And I say it was a sip that changed my world. So uh, I I had no idea that beer could have so much flavor and complexity. And um, anyway, that that was uh, my introduction. And then about two years later, my parents bought me a homebrew kit, and I started uh, playing around and started brewing my own. And uh, you know, obviously, that that's a, a heck of a lot of fun when you start getting into it and you start realizing that uh, that you can control flavors. And you know, my I had a local homebrew shop that even back then had had uh, some hop selection and uh, some malted barley that you could play around with. And, you know, knowing that you could control a flavor profile, was, uh, it just turned into a hobby. And then, uh, you know, as I started getting older, I went to college and studied. And uh, I took a summer and spent it in Austria. And uh, just just seeing how beer, you know, it's such a social beverage. And uh, I just love to see what beer did all around the world. So, uh, 
you know, everyone says, do what you love. So yeah, once you get outside this country and you see the uh, the relationship other cultures have with beer, kind of opens your eyes to, uh, I guess, our prudishness. We'll say <laughs> how we are with things. <laughs> So taking yeah, it, absolutely. Taking a step I mean, back, be- I have to ask you though, Dave. Let's cut you off. But what was your gateway beer then? What was that beer? I have to ask that one. The, the first craft beer I ever had was uh, Mendocino County Red Tail Ale. Okay, there we go. That's I, I was just wondering what it was. That's why I love. I love to hear the stories, especially those who got into it earlier on, like what it was that finally uh, cracked the palate. We'll say. Yeah, that that was really the first beer, and then you know, being in Michigan, and you know, like you said, kind of in the early in the early '90s, there there really weren't that many craft beers that were readily available, and even those that were available, um, you know, depending on the, you know, now I look back and realize that you know sometimes I would drink a Sierra Nevada and it tasted okay, and sometimes I drank a Sierra Nevada and it was phenomenal, yeah. and. Um, same thing, uh, Anchor Liberty Ale was kind of my go-to beer because it had, had such a great hop character to it. Um, and there was, there was a, a brewery, you know, about an hour south of us down in Kalamazoo, uh, Kalamazoo Brewing Company, which is uh, now Bell's Brewing Company. Um, and so, same thing, you know, I, I had some of their beers, their uh, Bell's Best Brown Ale, which was phenomenal, and then there were times when I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Um, and now, you know, later on, I realize that most most of the 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 uh, the way that the beer varied was probably due to uh, distribution. And sometimes I'd be drinking fresh beer, and sometimes I'd be drinking really stale old beer. <laughs> yeah, and that, that definitely explains too a lot with you know you getting into craft beer early on, uh, having such an influence on where you took the brewery. Like when you first started out doing uh, the beer you're doing with Founders. Uh, were you going for just kind of doing classic styles? Because, I mean, you guys have really become known for doing these really flavorful beers that are, I guess, pushing boundaries in a lot of ways. Like, was that something you intended from the beginning, or did it kind of that develop over time as the brewery existed? I think it, it kind of developed because my partner Mike and I, I mean, we tend to drink beers that are a little bit bigger and bolder. But, you know, in the in the mid-'90s, there just wasn't, there weren't a ton of beer connoisseurs out there, and uh, without without a, a large volume of consumers, we thought we need to brew beers that really hit a, a wide demographic. And um, you know, in the in the mid '90s, we're kind of, we kind of went through what we're going through right now. It seemed like every week or two, there was a new brewery opening up somewhere, mm-hmm. and um, and so we our our philosophy back then was let's brew beers that. Uh, you know that, that hit this wide demographic, but at the same time, you know there are breweries opening up all over the place, and really we said, all right, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, let's let's brew beer that we want to drink, and uh, we've kind of changed our, our our motto now to brewed for us, and so the beers got bigger and bolder and more complex and bigger aromatics. Um, I always say we want you to taste our beer before it hits your lips. <laughs> That's what you need. So when you do any of the recipes that you first started out with, do any of those still exist in any of the beers that you have today? Or? Oh, thank God, no. <laughs> <laughs> we are, trust me, we, we, are so, we are so much better at what we do today than even five years ago. I mean, uh, you know, that's one of the nice things that we, as our... Uh, as our founders' family has gotten larger, uh, we've got such a talented group of folks working for us, and um, you know, just people that share our vision of, uh, you know, I always say we push the liquid envelope, and so our, our beers are just full of flavor. But we've got such a creative team, and also, uh, you know, also a team that is just really anal how they, how they keep the the brewery clean, and um, you know. Uh, we have a consumer good has to be consistent and it's really not the sexy part of our industry but all i can tell uh, your listeners is you know our, our job is to make sure that when somebody pulls a, a centennial ipa off the shelf or a dirty bastard off the shelf that it that it tastes the same way every single time yeah that, that's the part that it's not as sexy but that's the part that you have to have as a brewery is keeping that cleanliness a lot of people don't think about that the uh, real work involved behind the scenes we'll say Right, absolutely. So now, you established initially, I'm just interested in this story, as Canal Street Brewing Company, and it gradually became Founders. How did that happen? 
Well, if, if, you, if you remember back in the 90s when all these breweries started opening up, um, you know, our, the United States has such a rich brewing tradition that essentially every community had at least one brewery uh, before mass transit. And so um, most of us that opened up in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s were really kind of playing off the history of the brewing tradition, their local brewing tradition. And um, when we were looking for a, a facility or a building, um, some developers contacted us and said, you know, we need a, an anchor tenant and uh, we're going to change the, the name of the street. Um, we've already petitioned the city to change the name of the street to Canal Street, which was the original name of the street 100 years ago, where when all the furniture factories in Grand Rapids and uh, they used to operate down there. And that's where all the, the saloons and brothels and all the no, that's where all the fun happened. <laughs> um, and so being the marketing geniuses we were and young, naive kids, um, they said, you know, we said, oh, the, well, they've already petitioned the city. So the so we'll incorporate as Canal Street Brewing Company, even though the name of the street was Monroe. Um, <laughs> so we were Canal Street Brewing Company located on Monroe Brewing Founders Ales. So was, we just want this. We just want to see how many mistakes we could make early on. See how challenging. See how challenging this could be. You could have come up with some nice little acronym for people to remember somehow. I don't know how that would have worked, but... Yeah, we, we, made, we made a lot of mistakes in the early days. <laughs> well, at least you got them done in the early days. It's better than making them now. That would be a, a complete yeah. disaster. So yeah. now, as the brewery's grown, how many states are you guys currently distributed in? Uh, 32, maybe even 34. We're opening up uh, North and South Dakota wow. uh, this month. And so uh, I don't know if uh, I honestly don't know if we've shipped beer out there. I think it might be shipped, but we haven't launched yet. So, do you have any international markets then too opened up? Oh yeah, we are uh, now. I, I say that fairly enthusiastically. <laughs> um, we we have uh, we've been working with the Brewers Association, and um, you know the Brewers Association part of part of their responsibility is to introduce uh, North American craft beer to uh, more of a global audience. And so um, on a very, very minor scale, we started uh, distributing, uh, sending a little bit of beer out to uh, Sweden, Denmark, uh, the UK, Italy, Australia, um, Iceland, oddly enough. Um, and so, you know, really it, it was basically just to kind of test the waters a little bit. And, you know, sometimes we get, we get some flack from people and say, well, why can I buy founders in England, but I can't get it in San Francisco? <laughs> and th the reality is um, there's such a small consumer base in England that essentially we're sending the beer to, you know, a couple hundred yeah. accounts over there where, you know, you start selling the beer and you try to open up California and you've got a third of the population of the United States there. So, yeah. um so as, as we continue to expand, uh, we're in the middle of uh, a fairly significant um, expansion right now. Um, and once once we once we're completed with this expansion, um, then we'll then we'll be looking westward and opening up some additional states: California, uh, Pacific Northwest, obviously. So we, we've got a long way to go. When, you, when you're sending these, this is just a question I'm thinking. Of. When you're sending these international, are you specifically going after you know certain beers for certain areas because of what's preferable in those countries? Do you have any of that, or are you just kind of going core? You're not getting that in, into it, and just kind of sending out stuff to see what the the feel of the market first. Well, you know, I, I think what what we typically have done, you know, with with the founders portfolio, I always say we don't. Uh, I don't like the F word. We don't have a flagship beer. <laughs> um, we have, you know, some people know Founders for Breakfast Out, some people know Founders for Dirty Bastard, others for Centennial or All Day. Um, so we're kind of all over the board there. Um, and so when it comes to international, I, you know, we always say that we have our first responsibility is to our brand. And to me, our brand is Founders. Um, and so what, what we've done is kind of, we kind of have a shotgun approach. Um, and then we kind of look at each market individually and see, you know, what what are the what are the consumers demanding? And so, um, 
it, it, it does change a little bit. There's certain certain countries that you know really like their more of their malt forward beers, but uh, in England right now, you know, all day IPA is just taken off. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that, that that's a really that, that style is really taking off in the UK. Now, you also mentioned that expansion you're going through. What is that going to entail? Like, what are you, where are you guys at now, and where are you going to be once this expansion is complete? Um, well, essentially, we have always been uh, brewing at capacity. I mean, we've been fortunate that we can we can sell everything we can make, uh, which is exactly where you want to be. It's always kind of a balance of you know pushing the pushing your um, production to the point where you know we say all right we're gonna we're gonna be able to fulfill all our orders but that's that's really never the reality um so eight years ago 2007 was the last year at our first location um it took us 10 years to get to 6100 barrels and then since then uh you know fast forward eight years last year we finished at 193,000 barrels wow and this year we're on target to doing 270 to 275,000 barrels. Um, and let's see where are we right now. We're about mid mid June. About a month from now we'll um, we'll be brewing on our new 300 barrel brew house. And um, we we've just installed 15 1500 barrel fermenters. So once once this expansion goes through. Uh, is completed. Uh, we'll have capacity to around 500,000, and we'll have room in our existing facility to grow to a, just shy of a million barrels. Wow. Well, you're definitely so, prepping yourself for the future, then. That's that's great. Yeah, well, and, you know, we, we make some fairly aggressive moves, but we're we're still seeing existing markets grow at such a accelerated pace. I mean, even in our home market of West Michigan, um, you know, we're still growing, you know, 45% a year. Uh, last year we grew over 50%. Um, and, you know, we kind of look at each other and say, you know, when is this going to, you know, when is this going to taper off? <laughs> but, uh, you know, we don't want it to taper off, but just the, the growth, uh, it's just phenomenal. So, um, it, and it's not just West Michigan, you know, and a lot of our existing markets in New, in New Jersey and New York, you know, we're up almost 80% over last year. So um, huge growth rate. So that gives us the confidence to maybe invest a little bit um, stronger in, um, in expansions. Um, the expansion we're going through right now is it's bigger than our last five expansions put together. Wow. And so, you know, we're talking big, you know, $40 million. So Dave, do you, so, do you see it as like, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of fairly large breweries see themselves as only maybe regional breweries. Maybe they'll, they'll ship somewhere, you know, out East or somewhere out West. I mean, do you really see founders going, you know, full global, like to Asia or, you know, some, some, some other markets? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think there's definitely that, that potential. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm still amazed that uh, you know our 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 growth rate domestically is is fantastic. Uh, I think we've been the fastest growing brewery in the United States, or at least in the top 50 largest breweries. Yeah. Um, in the last five years, I think we're we're the fastest growing brewery. Um, I'm sure Lagunitas is right up there as well. And you know we've been able to to grow um, fairly quickly, um, but also fairly quietly. We've we've really embraced being a Midwestern brand and. Um, just kind of slow and steady, but we just keep growing. But then we're also looking at it, and, you know, like I said, we're in 32 or 34 states um, at the end of this month. Um, but, we, you know, we always look a few years out, and, um, you know, five years from now, most likely we will uh, have filled in the rest of the United States. And we're pretty used to seeing um, these... You know, these 30 to, uh, well, actually 60% growth rates. Um, and so we said, what's going to happen in five years? Do we just have to digest the fact that we're going to be growing, you know, 6 to 12% a year? And all of a sudden we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, maybe maybe we should look to, you know, going more, more of a global reach. And so um, we recently sold 30% of our company to uh, a Spanish brewery. Mao San Miguel, and um, they were very interested in learning about the North American craft scene. 
and um, vice versa, we're really interested in learning about international. And so uh, when we uh, we met these folks, and these are folks that have been brewing for 125 years, seventh generation, family owned, um, and it, it was really exciting to us. So that that's really what we're looking at. Oh, I mean, it's it's all working, Dave. Like we really appreciate it. Like that's you guys are doing a phenomenal job, and it's great that as you're growing, you are focused on consistency too, which is an important thing some people don't think of. But you know, just because it's more available doesn't mean it's always that great. But you guys have been widely available and phenomenal and consistent throughout. And uh, you know, we really appreciate taking the time to give us a call. We're up against it as usual. Uh, we have some more of the beers to drink. We'll enjoy. And uh, Dave, thank you so much for giving us a call. We really appreciate it today, man. And, and best of luck with everything. And, and hope you don't lose all your hair during the expansion. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, no. You know, the, the, that's one of the best parts is, we, you know, we're still having a hell of a lot of fun doing this. Um, and every year it's just it's getting better and better and seeing the craft beer um, consumer base get, get larger. You know, uh, if we can tell, tell your listeners one thing, introduce a friend to craft beer and it will change their world. Amen. That's what we are all about, sir. And that is a perfect way to dismount the interview. I, I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you so much, brother. Have a, have a great Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Brent. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. Cheers. Take care. Got to love those guys that call in on a Sunday afternoon to be here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. And you guys look satisfied, man. Well, I'm just very impressed that uh, Derek used the word dismount in an interview. <laughs> wow. That's I've, fairly impressive, man. I guess I work in a word in every week. And write something down. <laughs> Should I pause so you can get up and give him a hug? Oh. <laughs> Round of pats on the back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. If you're cruising through the Avoca area, or if you're not, you want to stop by my good friend, Eric Hilton. Tell you a funny joke at the convenient market, Grego's Beer. So many different beers available for you. Domestics, imports, of course, craft beer and fine pizza, great hoagies, good time, and he tells funny jokes. Got to go in and ask for Eric and tell him to tell you a funny joke, build yourself a six-pack or whatnot, and just have a good time. Uh, kick back. It's cafe style. It's not just a convenient market. That uh, could be deceiving. Stop in Main Street there in Avoca and do it up today and tell him you heard it on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Guys, when we come back, how many more beers do we have, Derek? Are you saving a big one for the end? Yeah, we've got three left, and the, the last one is probably one of the most sought-after beers in the world they're going to be enjoying. So. Wow. We're, we're ending big. <laughs> big nice time. dismount at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> He did it twice. You're making Billy's comeback wonderful here. He's having such a good time. Well, I give him a seven on difficulty. All right. That's good. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Enough with the men talking all gymnastic analogies and stuff. It's freaking me out a little bit. That's cool. We'll be back with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on WILK News Radio. Homeowners, are you tired of paying for an expensive home security system? Well, now you can slash your monthly bills during the Live Watch Switch and Save event. To see how much you can save, call now for free information. 1-800-300-3701. During our special Switch and Save event, you can switch to Live Watch for free. That's right. You can switch for free and start saving money immediately. You may even be able to use your existing equipment. Best of all, with a Live Watch security system, you'll be protecting your home and family with the fastest security response available. There are no long-term contracts, and if you're not completely satisfied, you can cancel at any time. So if you want to protect your home and family, and protect your family budget too, switch now during our special LiveWatch Switch and Save event. Call and see how much you can save by switching to LiveWatch. For your free money-saving information, call now, 1-800-300-3701. That's 1-800-300-3701. Trying to find a beer you truly enjoy is becoming a rather daunting task. Everywhere you turn, another beer, another company, another slogan, another gimmick. Here at Anzalone Special Beer, we decided our gimmick was going to be, well, good taste. Perhaps not the most creative of gimmicks, of course, but certainly the most flavorful. Anzalone Special Beer. Good taste is our gimmick. Anzalone. I was coming out of the hardware store when I saw him. An old man, late 70s, hunched over in the freezing rain, no hat on his head, limping across that slippery parking lot and pushing a row of shopping carts toward the cart corral. It's heartbreaking. Millions of hardworking Americans simply don't have enough money to retire, so they just keep working and working and working until it's too late. Hi, I'm Chad Stubbs, president and CEO of Power Trader, and I believe that's just plain wrong. That's why I'm now distributing to the public absolutely free copies of Power Trader's game-changing book, 
on how regular folks can make the money they need to retire fast. For your free copy, call 1-800-400-0360. Don't let the lack of money rob you of your retirement. Call now for details and get your free copy of this book before it's too late. 1-800-400-0360. But hurry while supplies last. 1-800-400-0360. 1-800-400-0360. I was so excited. I was finally getting married. But I didn't realize how much anxiety I'd have about planning the wedding. I was so relieved when I found Gilbride Limo. They went above and beyond to help make our day memorable without a hitch. They were there every step of the way and gave us helpful suggestions. Plus, they have lots of limos to choose from, so it was easy to find the perfect one. Choosing Gilbride Limo was definitely the best decision. Call us, Gilbride Limo. 570-307-LIMO. You will be glad you did. And so is all this great Founders beer you're drinking today, Derek. Yeah, we got a lot more. Some happy campers over there. Ed gives it a thumbs up. I know Billy's all about it. Guys are the bomb. Yeah, we're getting into a style that we don't get to feature on here very often because it's it's one that I don't say a lot of breweries overlook it. It's just not one that's widely available from a lot of breweries, which is the Scotch Ale, the Wee Heavy. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal rendition of it. You guys enjoying this one? Love me some Wee Heavy. I haven't even taken a sip yet. It's uh, Let me just throw it out. This is a Dirty Bastard. <laughs> but this is this is a phenomenal we have. It's it's nice. Uh, in a lot of U.S. ones, you'll notice that there, there's some like smoky peat moss and everything into it. it. It was initially thought that that was part of the traditional Scottish ale that we have. They did because uh, they used to brew with like really weird ingredients in Scotland because they supposedly didn't have the access to hops they did in England. But I guess as with most stuff, historically they've gone back and realized, no, none of that's true, <laughs> that <laughs> they did have access to hops and there actually were a fair amount of IPAs that were popular in Scotland. Well, how many time. shillings would, would this one this be? This is a uh, 90 shilling, This actually. is a 90 shilling, okay. Yeah, that's another part of it. I was going to cover that, too. But th- this is, uh, it, it, but in a lot of the American ones, they have like, some smoky, some peat to it. And that's, and that's a flavor that is uh, off-putting to some people. If you don't like peat, you tend to kind of go away from this beer because if you don't like it, that's one of those really pungent, like, uh, Ed, what, what was it the, in the Belgians that you don't like? Uh, uh Coriander. Yeah, okay. That's, I can't remember what spice it was. And, if you, and again, that's one of those things. If you're sensitive to it, it, it just jumps right out at you. And there's nothing you could do. You can't hide that. If it's in there, it's in there. Same thing with like the peat. Like that, that flavor comes through. And if you don't like it, but if you do, I love a wee heavy. Yeah, this one's way less smoky than a lot. I mean, I've yeah. had ones that are almost like you're like... Oh, yeah. It's like, so like a Roush or... Yeah, like something like this. Yeah. This one's way more yeah, palatable. Yeah, more subdued. It's a little bit lighter than the atypical Wee Heavy um, for me. A lot more brown sugar, but yeah. it's it's really delicious. It's a lot sweater. That's why it's nice, though, within this. But, yeah, you're saying that this is considered a 90 shilling. Now, that that's a whole thing that goes back to the, the pricing they had. And it was, uh, what did it start? 60, 70, 80, and the 90 was the Wee Heavy. And it went from... That was the lightest to the heaviest. And that was based upon uh, yeah, the alcohol. price they paid... Per hogshead, and a hogshead is I've written down the <laughs> 54 imperial gallons is a hogshead, and that was dependent upon the alcohol. Now the differentiation between an imperial gallon and a U.S. gallon there is a difference; it's slightly smaller. But that's the old traditional way of measuring things. Sounds like some from Harry Potter. Yeah, hogshead. It's just like I, I remember, like my, when I was looking up some stuff a while ago, doing stuff. I saw a hogshead. I'm like, what the heck? I gotta see what that is. <laughs> so I, like, I looked up the measurement. I saw imperial gallons. I'm like, I gotta look up what that is. And then finding out like all of that differentiation. It's all based upon the same thing, but there's slight Man, differences. I wish I had a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> this would sound so much better if I was working it through that way. With you. And I am not gonna attempt it and embarrass myself because we have international listeners, and I'm, I'm good. Man. Dude, there's nothing you can do past your profile picture on your Facebook page <laughs> that could be any more embarrassing. So go for the Scottish accent. Be Willie. What's his name from The Simpsons? Be Willie. 
Hid. Willie the janitor. Uh, yeah. Ed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all I think about. Uh, so I married it's, an axe it's, murderer. Ed. He's got No. Ed. <laughs> in the bit He's got the gargantuan cranium. <laughs> the pentavrit. huge. The pentavrit. <laughs> yeah. Go rest his big if head and cry. Ed Pilla. No. Yeah. <laughs> if you want my body and you think I'm sexy. There's a piper down. There's we have a piper yeah. down. Four people saw So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, that, that, that. And it was one of those movies that really, it wasn't good, but for some reason it was memorable. It's fantastic. It has that absolutely nothing to do with craft beer, no, no, but no. it's a great, great movie. Agreed. All right, so we finished We finished with the Scottish. That's our sign-off for it. Uh, we've just now poured the Founders the Porter. This is uh, 6.5% uh, American Porter. This is probably one of my, if not my favorite American Porter out there. Um, it's just really rich. There's like so many dark roasts. It's really decadent. It's smooth. You get like some notes of cocoa in there. It's just a really decadent porter. It's a style that sometimes can be a bit simplistic and kind of overlooked and, and thin and watery. And like you, you see, but when it's done really well, it's just so creamy. And it's just, it's up there with like a stout and that, that flavor profile when it's done right. That's fluffy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the style ranges from like uh, almost like a brown ale, like a, almost yeah, like you, like you said, watery to like almost sometimes you know it could be almost you know imperial stoutish sometimes you know yeah some some porters tread that there's that fine line that that really is tough to to know sometimes when you're getting like a really beefed up porter versus a stout like where that tread is because when you you go so big and then it gets to like this is one that's kind of encroaching on that line to me yeah it, it's just got that full mouth feel to it yeah porters and- porters can range from something so small then you get into your imperials you even get your mm-hmm. baltic porters which yeah. is yeah. like a total sideways thing um but um i think they're all delicious yeah, I, 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 I love a good part. And that's, it, it's, this is a really nice one, too. And it's a 6.5. So it's not uh, too high because some of them can get a little up there. as they, as, And that's really where you're starting encroaching on that stout thing. But th- this is kind of the threshold around 6 to 7%. And after this, then you're really going to have a tough time. If you had a blind taste test done, you, you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between this and a, and a stout just because of everything going on, the, the flavor profile and the aromatics and everything. Because it's, it's very similar. You get those really nice, rich... Man, we gotta do that one of these times on the show. Blind, like, blind, blind taste. We did that blind APA one. Oh God, it was over a year ago now, and uh, that would be outstanding. Be we, great. Have, we have to get like, some name that style. Here. Like, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I think I, that like the Howard Stern like blankadoodle do stuff. And, <laughs> you have to get in somebody and come in and set it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, we gotta have a couple people <laughs> in here so that we're I'll, not. I've always wanted to do like the. Um, the end all be all like all the Belgian quads and really hash out which one's the king of kings. But um, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the one thing I think about Founders that really gets lost and a lot of people don't give them credit for is just all of that's easily drinkable. I mean, we skipped over the Rubeus. We yeah. had that. Yeah, Even we, that was tart and sweet at the same time. Something you think it would be off-putting, but it, everything's just so easy to drink. Yeah, that was when we, we, we didn't get to talk. We were enjoying that. We were talking with Dave. We were going to talk to him about it, but we got really into the whole history of the brewery, and there was a lot that to cover. That was some amazing stuff. Yeah, there was there. a lot of stuff going on with that, and, it, and it's great to see. Like We were all talking off mic. Like, it's amazing to hear the growth that they're going through, that at their new facility, they can get up to a million barrels like they could be you know they could out i mean lagunitas right now is 35 million gallons of beer but it's just uh, it's incredible right? to, to it's called a sunday right yeah well, <laughs> what could i do with 35 it is picture barney from the simpsons like <laughs> put it in my face <laughs> i think a far of us swimming in the tank trying to chug it all down <laughs> But they, they I mean, they're really, like, Lagunitas is one of the larger, you know, Lagunitas and Sam Adams are, are like, the two largest craft breweries right now. I mean, Yingling, too, is, is, up, is considered that. But, uh, you know, founders can really encroach on that as they get into this new facility and mm-hmm. just really take off. And, and it's great to see. That's why I want to talk to them about the international market, to see this, because, you know, the flavor profiles of what's expected in all those countries, it's it's different because they're they're new to this. And if you throw, I mean, we, I remember hearing interviews with Mitch Steele when he went over to England researching the IPA book, and he brought over some stuff. Stone beers, and they weren't happy with them at all. <laughs> when he gave them these really souped-up, you know, IPAs, they weren't. Their palates aren't accustomed to that. They're used to, you know, these really light English milds, or, or you know, their pale ales or their IPAs are far different than what we have is considered that that style. So it's just really interesting to see as you're getting into these international markets with some of these breweries what they're up against. It's like a whole different ballgame to what you have to pay attention to with the markets and what you're putting out there. Because there's no sense in sending all these things international if 
no one's going to buy it or they're not used to that. That's a different issue. Yeah, but I think it's also like a flip the script thing to where you have people overseas are now wanting yeah. this new different thing that they've never had. So they're becoming more accustomed to it. They want it now as opposed to being off put by it because it's not so much a hop driven thing as it was over there. It was more, you know, malt and yeast based over here. I mean, and that's you know. one of the things, you know, people like to, uh, you know, poo poo on brew dogs or Mikeller for what they're doing and stuff. But it's those are the breweries that have pushed that into the limelight and gotten people into these different beers that they may not have. said like cultural reflection. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that they're doing and getting into. All right, we are pouring what is probably one of the most sought-after beers in the world, and I will say in the world because this is one that people try to get everywhere. This is the KBS from Founders. Uh, Just an absolutely incredible beer, really, really sought after for a reason. Uh, this is the 2015. I mean, this is one you can get on, hang on to for quite some time. 11.2%, uh, but it's it's just a really nice bourbon barrel aged stout. Well, you had some news today. What's today? Today's um, National Bourbon Day. Cheers, everybody. Slancha. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna slam some uh, KBS. And, this is a good way to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, chocolate and vanilla, baby. Oh yeah, there, there's that's a, the, <laughs> the first thing right up front. It's just this is total dessert in a glass. You get those really wonderful. I get a lot of vanilla out of this, which you don't. As much typically in a bourbon barrel, usually the coconut kind of comes through and dominates the yeah, vanilla. Yeah, not, not a ton not, of coconut. In no, this I one, don't really get any in this one. This what's really nice is it's it really just is a, a fight between chocolate and co- and vanilla with some coffee in the back end. It's a weird beer too because I think it's like it drinks thin, but it lingers a long time. Like it stays in your tongue. It's not like hard to drink. It's not like a really dense no. stout. No, this is not one of those dangerous ones that you're you're kind of there's no heat. There's not. It's just super easy to sit and sip on this. And this is this would be a nice one to have by the fireside. This would be a nice one to have any time, all the time. Yeah. 60% of the time, 100% of the time. No, this is, this is one of those beers. I mean, most of them, you know, there's a lot of beers that we see that I have the hype machine behind them and people are going crazy and trying to trade and do this and do that. And, and some of them kind of fall short because there's so much hype that nothing can hold up to that. Uh, this, I think, exceeds the hype, I will even say. Uh, this is one of those beers that the first time I had, it was like, all right, let's see how it is. And it's like, okay, it's it holds up. And if someone didn't tell me this is one of the best stouts in the world, I would have said it was one of the best stouts in the world. And that, that to me, is a measurement of it. Is like, would I have that opinion without someone trying to shove it down my throat? <laughs> and I, this is definitely one of those beers that you could easily see why people have a sip and then uh, want other people to enjoy it as well. And it's also, like I said, it's nice to hold on to and age this seven out, and you can eventually do a nice little vertical tasting at some point in, in the future on this. Um, it but, definitely varies from year to year, too, in yeah. a good way. That's a good yeah. thing. I mean, a lot of people want consistency, but sometimes with beers like this, you want a little bit of variety from yeah. year to year. Yeah, and it's going to happen when you're starting to get into barrel aging because it's going to be dependent on the barrels and how they are and what's in being uh, taken out of them and coming into the beer. That's a different thing that, that's a whole other realm of, of fighting up against stuff to, to get that consistency out because it's difficult. We've talked to numerous people on here before about you know how it is with barrel aging and the, the issues they're up against. And doing something like this, you know, it's going to be tough, and you're going to have ABV ranging as well. Ah, good time today. Interesting show. You guys all look happy with the beer you're drinking. Oh, it's a good I'm looking time. at the highly acclaimed 2015 <laughs> highly acclaimed. It's a modest beer. It's very yeah. modest. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your new IPA? You're working on that Lot Lizard IPA that you were coming up with at the truck stop in oh, Bloomsburg, just, Billy. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. No, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No. Know exactly what no. I'm talking about. He's thinking he's talking about Toilet Hooch is what he's trying to get. Oh, bathtub gin. <laughs> That's a great band go. name, Toilet Hooch. <laughs> Actually, it is. That gets a big thumbs up, man, and a couple of hey, extra before, points. Before we start getting music in the hook coming out, yeah. next week we're going to have Oscar Blues on. Uh, we're going to have Brewmaster Tim Matthews calling in, and cool. it's going to be a lot to cover with the him. The Tasty Weasel Tapper. Yeah, yeah, amazing. We're, we're getting, I don't know what it is yet, but we're going to be getting a super special beer from them to really tap into that's not available anywhere. Uh, so we'll be able to talk about that one as well, which is going to be really nice and, and just kind of getting into and they were the They were the brewery that got the whole craft can thing going. So we'll talk about all that next week. Outstanding. Glad everybody can be here this week. I'm glad you were all listening here to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK News Radio.